having given birth, I am like, I have no modesty anymore. Like it was, I would have thought that I would feel so self-conscious about people with a flashlight down there, like looking up. I didn't care. I could not have cared less. (laughs) I was like, give me the info. I obviously can't see it. Okay. Welcome back. First episode on the other side of parenthood. Mm -hmm. Well, we're in it. Yeah, I was like, we didn't, we, we're done actually. On the other side of bringing Francis into this world, creating life, giving life, giving life. Yeah, because it's like you've already created life. Yeah. Although when our episode came out last week, Francis was already born, but we had recorded it in advance. Yeah. So if you haven't seen on social media, this is your update that our baby was born. Mm-hmm. We had a daughter a little more than a week ago now. Or when you're listening to this, the days will be all off and we're not going to share her birthday publicly only because of like biometric sort of information. I don't know. Biometric isn't really the right word, but we're trying to like limit the amount of detail about her that's online. So that's the only reason why we're not saying it. But yeah, she joined us Mm -hmm. and we're so happy she's here. She's so fun. Her name is Frances Fields. And our names are Grace or Semler, (laughs) depending on how you know me. And I'm Lizzie. And this is our cozy queer podcast called Under Our Roof. And if you're just jumping in, what a time to jump in. Yeah, we this is our fourth season of the podcast. Yeah. And actually, if I may, Mm -hmm. uh, Buzzsprout, which is the hosting website that we use that has not sponsored us, um, but they did give us some statistics on the year that I thought I would share with the house guests. Great. Yeah. It's the fourth season of our podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. 48 episodes, Weekly Warrior. We averaged about an episode a week. And Under Our Roof was in the top 5% of all Buzzsprout podcasts. Wow. And our number one city for listenership is Seattle. Seattle. I know. Wow. Second to uh, second is Chicago, Illinois. Then Los Angeles, Minneapolis, and Portland. That's Sounds about so gay interesting. to me. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about gay to me. And we have been listened to in 98 countries this year. And our top episodes, I think this is very Mm. interesting. Our top episode is The Unwritten Rules of Growing Up Christian. And then uh, in second place is We're Getting a Permanent House Guest. Mm -hmm. Also did well. So really excited to farm our child for content (laughs) once again. Hopefully get another hit episode. That's what I'm all about here. No, this episode, we want to share... Francis's birth story but this episode is more about me and us I feel like than Francis right we'll probably talk about you know how parenthood is going we're not gonna like say super personal details about her for reasons we've discussed on other episodes but we're also happy to share you know her name and who she is a little bit because we feel like that's for us a comfortable amount the needle that we will be threading for our time as parents which is our whole life will be privacy versus secrecy. Yeah. It's not a secret that we have a child and we're so proud of her and our family. She's the best. But how do we navigate having a somewhat public profile, wanting to share some of our story, valuing representation, and also maintaining a level of privacy? I don't know. Because privacy, isn't privacy like the exact opposite of, of publicity? 
of like pub like public yeah. versus private like they are the opposite things right. public driveway versus private driveway like you driveway get, well, you get what i'm saying like they yeah. are the antithesis of each other so yeah. we're going to be figuring it out in real time but there's no better place we'd like to do it than right here on our cozy queer weekly podcast so should i just jump in i think you should how she was born well okay. where did we we left off telling our listeners um, unwittingly where your water would break i know we told you what we were doing we just didn't know how it, how it was going to go down okay so i don't know if i talked about this on the podcast but i talked about it on my instagram stories for a few weeks leading up to francis's birth i really was focused on hoping that i would have a spontaneous labor which just means not being induced now my mom was induced with two out of her three babies people are induced all the time and it's good and medically necessary or not medically necessary or elective or whatever in many cases but i was like scared of getting induced because i'd heard that it was more painful and i also felt like i would be really anxious leading up to like a scheduled induction date and i kind of just wanted it to happen by surprise so i did get my wish and I will go into the detail on that. But leading up to her birth, I had been doing all the like old wives tales, but some of them actually have scientific evidence. So they're not really old wives tales. But like I had been eating a ton of dates. I had been drinking red raspberry leaf tea. I'd been going on long walks. I'd been bouncing on a yoga ball. Um, I had been taking evening primrose oil. Like I'd been kind of doing all all of that type of stuff that they recommend doing. And I hadn't necessarily like felt contractions happening after doing any of them. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if these are working. Then we had said on a podcast episode at least once that we wanted to go and try this famous labor salad, labor inducing salad. It was the episode about the babyless bucket list. Babyless bucket list. Yeah. We talked about how we thought it'd be fun to go and um, try this infamous salad. Like it's at this place called the Coyote Pizza Cafe. Um, in LA. And I had heard friends talk about it. I don't personally know anyone. I don't think that like went into labor after eating it, but I don't have that many friends that have babies yet. And they basically just, I don't know what it, what's in it exactly, but it's supposed to be the sa- the dressing is supposed to be like the secret thing that makes you go into labor. And so I thought that's going to be fun. So my mom got into town. She was coming um, around the time I was due to help in case I went into labor, which ended up being very good timing. So she was here and we were all like, yeah, let's go get dinner at the Coyote Pizza Cafe. Like they obviously have other stuff besides for the salad. So my mom and Grace were going to get like pizza or whatever. And I was going to get the salad. So we get out of the car. And by we the way, I'm like a little bit past my due date at this point. Like I was full term. Um, we had just parked and we were walking up to the cafe. We were crossing the street and then the cafe was like two stores down from where we were. And I feel like I'm peeing my pants. I turn around and I see Lizzie walking and she has very confused look on her face. And I was a little worried about you. It almost looked like you were disassociating or something. You looked very confused. It was a really strange moment. And I said, are you okay? Are you, is everything all right? You said, I think my water just broke. And then we looked down. There was a puddle on the ground. Like there was no mistaking. I know sometimes I I did not think that was going to happen to me because people's water breaks or doesn't in all kinds of ways. Like with my mom and we've had really similar pregnancies. Her water never broke um, with any of her pregnancies until she was already at the hospital and like already had been having contractions and well, and she got induced twice. So that's also part of it. But like, it's not uncommon for your water to not break. And by water breaking, it means like your amniotic fluid, which is what the baby is 
swimming in basically in the womb, um, the membrane like breaks or ruptures and which doesn't hurt. Um, at least it didn't for me. And the liquid like comes out. It was like something out of a movie. If you've ever seen those scenes where it's like my water broke and then they rush to the hospital or whatnot. Very similar to that. Yeah, it was like that. So I hadn't had any contractions, though. That's why it was so shocking. I was like, whoa, like what just happened? And I know some people are like, did I pee or did my water break? I was very certain like this was my water breaking because there was a puddle on the ground and I I wasn't peeing you know, like I could just tell that and it kept going. Like I would take another couple steps and I'd have like a gush. Sorry if this is TMI, but I was like, wow, that is really interesting sensation. I've never had anything like that happen in my life. And so I, uh, we, we all look at each other. My mom's like bursting out laughing. It was just such a surprising moment. And in that moment, I didn't feel any pain, no contractions or anything. Um, so we called my doula, let her know what was happening. Because it just hit me like I am having this baby in the next. It's like, happening. It's happening because it's one thing if you start to have some contractions because you could have contractions and then like not and then they could stop and then you're like, oh, I guess I'm not going to labor. But when your water breaks, you pretty much have to have the baby within like one to two days max because there's a risk of infection at that point because essentially like the entrance to the womb and everything is like open so you can't like have your water break and then just hang out for days so i was like okay this baby is coming Mm -hmm. which was like so exciting and so nerve-wracking i was just like i was i was kind of dissociating i was like in a different state i was like oh my gosh like this is real the baby is coming So we go home. We did not go to the cafe. So basically the labor inducing salad like worked really well based on power of suggestion. You just need to be within a certain radius. But I did not actually consume it. And we decided I was like, should we? But I mean, I was like, you were in shock because you were like, should what should we do? Should we get food? I was like, we're going home. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I just didn't know what to think. So we turn around, we go home and we ended up ordering take out on the way home because I was like we need to eat something and we did end up ordering um, pizza from a different we place. started realizing that we needed to get you in the best position possible for what could be a long road ahead before yeah. you were experiencing contractions I so, think they were kind of yeah. coming in at that point but we were like while you're still feeling comfortable let's get you fed and mm-hmm. hydrated and relaxed yes yeah, so on the way home I started to have a bit of contractions they weren't really painful but just like the a tight sensation like in my abdomen like very like constricting kind of feeling that it would pass and so that kept happening like more and more often maybe it was like every 10-15 minutes and then um we got home we had we got some takeout we got like some pizza we got I got chicken parmesan which just sounded really good and it was like good protein (laughs) and carbs and um we did get a salad or my mom made a salad so we did have a salad that night and then I was just like, I want to hang out at home until I can't because my doula had said like, you basically just want to stay home for as long as you can until you are not really coping with the contractions. Basically, mm-hmm. that's kind of the um, cutoff was her recommendation. So we get home. I eat dinner. I finished up a few work emails, which I know sounds I couldn't believe it. silly, but I was just like, I I thought it was going to be a few more days. I don't know why, but I just thought I would go a few more days. So I was like, all right, I got to wrap stuff up. I got to tell people like I'm going out on leave now. So I sent those emails off. You, I, you worked until you went into labor. Yeah. 
I did. Which I'm not necessarily saying it should be everyone's right. path, but it worked. But it kind of just happened. Yeah, it just ended up happening because you yeah. you wanted to wait. Anyway, it's just funny. I'll never forget you. Like on a were you on the the yoga? Ball? I was sitting on the yoga ball, like doing work. doing little hip circles, <laughs> trying to br- keep labor coming and sending some work emails. I was just like, okay, I am done with this. Um, I got to pass this off now. So anyway, we were just hanging at home, and my contractions were coming a bit faster um we ended up getting in bed and watching the rest of a show we've been watching a murder at the end of the world which was so good i'm sad it's over um so we watched the finale of that while i'm like doing contractions for a bit Mm -hmm. and then i decided to download a contraction timer because i was like these are coming a bit faster but i was like grace around like 11 or so i was like grace you should go to sleep so grace went to sleep i never slept because they were getting pretty painful so i'm like but just, you were showering like you, yes when i when you mm-hmm. woke me up you had been in the bathroom mm-hmm. you were doing you were getting things prepared yes i kept getting in and out of the shower which was really nice i probably got in and out of the shower like three or four times i took like a big everything shower you know like i shaved my legs i this was before i was in a lot of pain like i really was like okay this is my last like re- chance to really take a shower for a little bit so i did that I got in and out of the shower repeatedly after that just because the warm water felt really good. And I was just kind of up the whole night. And then around like 2.30, I was like, this is getting really intense. And I started timing and I realized that my contractions were like three, two and a half, three minutes apart, mm-hmm. which was actually quite a bit closer than what I was supposed to kind of keep an eye for. They were supposed to be like five minutes apart and then go to the hospital maybe. But again, it was also like you're supposed to keep up with how you're coping with them. So I don't know. It was kind of a blurry line of like when exactly you're supposed to go. But I was like, oh, wow, they're, these are pretty intense. Like I have to like pause what I'm doing and like really work through them. And I was starting to having to like breathe, like, ooh, like really kind of breathing through them. Um, and then I was like, there's a few more things I want to pack in the hospital bag, like toiletries that I was using so I wouldn't have packed them in advance and so I was like I need to throw those things in and then I was like I think I gotta get Grace up to go and so around like 2 30 I woke up Grace I was like I think it's time to go I was still timing my contractions and I was like let's go and we woke up my mom to tell her and to put the dogs in her bedroom because it's they- been a bit of a thrill and a little nerve-wracking for me to have to be so sort of direct with my mother-in-law <laughs> Grace out of necessity yeah i refer to it as like team captain mode which lizzie and i have around the house of, which is just that like i'm just going to be really direct because something needs to happen this usually would be in like either crisis mode or just when we're in a time crunch or something mm-hmm. where i played sports growing up and so it's like calling a play where it's nothing personal but we're calling a play and i feel mm-hmm. like i had to do that to your mom like i need you to get back in bed i'm gonna give you the dogs because bean can't sleep on the floor because he'll <laughs> cry so you need to go back in bed right now i know it's really exciting but you got to go back to your bed right yeah. now grace was like definitely calling the shots we get out to the car it's raining also <laughs> oh yeah it was it's pouring rain yeah which is the very- next few days or pouring rain it poured during rain, yeah. this saga mm-hmm. during the birth of francis yeah which is very unusual in la although a little more common this time of year than like middle of summer but yeah it rained it was raining when we got out to the car and that car ride i like remember but it was just wild like so grace puts on um emotion by carly ray jepson the album. great album no and skips. 
in between contractions, I'm like on a high. I'm like, this is so fun. Like we're going to go meet our baby. Um, I am in labor, like no mistake. And that was a big wish of mine. Like as we'll get to, some things about my labor and delivery did not go exactly to plan. And there were some really hard parts. But I really wanted to go into labor spontaneously, which I did very much, very spontaneously. And I really didn't want to get to the hospital and have them be like, oh, you're not really in labor. You're just kind of having like pre-labor contractions. Like that was a fear of mine because I felt like that would be really discouraging. And so in this moment when we're driving to the hospital, I'm like, I am having this baby. Like they're not going to turn me away at the hospital because my water's already broken. Oh yeah. We had also called the hospital. Mm -hmm. I forgot that detail just to be like, hey, my water broke, but I'm going to labor at home for a bit. And they were kind of like, okay, cool. And my doula was on board. She was getting a bit of sleep before she was going to meet us as well. Because we were like, we're doing fine. We don't need you to come right now. So we get to the hospital and we go to the emergency entrance because it's the middle of the night. So like the main entrance isn't even open. And Grace like (laughs) has to battle with the valet people who are being strange. Well, there are just so many odd things that become quite stressful in a situation like this, which mm-hmm. is like there, there's a valet and there's a person at the valet, but the sign says closed. But I I do not want to be separated from Lizzie. And I can see you kind of going in through the emergency doors. And so I park my car in valet and I hand the guy the keys and he's like, well, we're actually closed right now. And I was like, that's so fair. He's like, we wouldn't be able to move your car until the morning. And I was like, I, I really can't really get into the details of this with you, but I'm going to leave you my keys. And he hands me a ticket and it would end up being fine. Yeah. But I just felt like everyone I had to speak with about the, well, technically this isn't how we do things here, which is fair. And I'm really not the person that would be like, well, I'm doing it my way, but I am like, my wife is in active labor. <laughs> so I, I honestly don't care if you steal my car. <laughs> um, I just need to not have my car yeah. right now. Like, I need to be with my wife. Yeah. Um, But ultimately, like, it it ended up being fine. But it's like Mm -hmm. weird things like that where you kind of you feel like you're that scene in Love Actually when Mr. Bean comes and starts doing the gift wrapping. That's how I felt with like little things like the car and like the dogs and just being like, I just need to get to the hospital with my wife. I just need everyone Mm -hmm. to just follow the plays. (laughs) There were a bunch of little things like that. Um, So they wheel me up and I am like majorly like I don't even know the word like some very like primal noises are coming out of me as I'm like you are doing really great I think I think that maybe you look at it differently because it's it's your body Mm -hmm. but I throughout this whole experience and we'll get into it but certainly when we first arrived at the hospital I was so proud of you because I could tell that everyone that all the healthcare workers that we came into contact with were, they were like, whoa, she's really far along. Yeah. And I, and I, I tried to kind of reiterate, I was like, I'm telling you, this woman will do anything she sets her mind to. She said that she wanted to labor at home for a while before coming into the hospital. That is exactly what she did. And that is why we are so far along as we arrive to you this evening. Like, yeah, she is not you know i did take that to heart i think high pain tolerance a level of determination a force of will just i just was so so proud of you because i could see all the nurses and the anesthesiologists and everyone that would kind of evaluate you for pain and how far along you were in labor they were like 
oh shit yeah no we gotta go we gotta yeah. go like it was because you know i'm sure they and i saw from the times that we were there people coming in being like i i saw this one couple and they were they seemed a little young so it's sweet but they were like i think i'm having this baby now like she was like very she was like kind of talking to some people <laughs> while i was doing stuff out in the hallway she's like i think i'm having this baby i think i'm like about to give birth and just given what the state that you came into the hospital, yeah. I, I, it's none of my business. I didn't say anything, but in my brain, I was like, you got some time. You're good. <laughs> You're, you got a minute to relax. Well, as it turns out, I actually had some time too, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So I was very much in active labor. So they check me in, they bring me up to labor and delivery right away. There was no like, oh, we're not sure if you're ready. They were like, oh yeah, you seem ready. And so they one of the other like Mr. Bean like what are we doing moments was when they started going through a checklist of things checking me in and they were doing like an evaluation for um, postpartum depression which is super important and like I'm glad that they have so many checks and balances on that but the fact that they were doing it so I'm like in very much active labor zero pain relief no pain management tools whatsoever just like raw raw talking just raw dog labor at this point like I am going I am and I'll skip ahead and give a little spoiler alert. I was already seven centimeters the first time they checked me, um, which is pretty far along. Like, so you have to get to 10 centimeters dilated, which means your cervix widens to 10 centimeters um, to start being able to like push out the baby because that's how much it needs to expand to let the baby through. I was at seven the very first time they checked me like early in the morning that day. And so I like... I know now I was in the throes of labor. Like I was not yep. like, anyway, so I'm like trying to breathe through this, like really intense, definitely like not like a period cramp. I had really bad. I've always had bad period cramps. And I was like, I wonder how labor is going to compare. It's totally different. Like it, it's not like that. It's way <laughs> worse. It's way, way more intense. Like couldn't really keep my eyes open kind of thing. I had to concentrate so hard, but they come and go. So then when they're gone, I felt nothing like I had no pain and then it'll come back a couple minutes later. So that's very different than a period cramp too, but you do get the relief of like, I get to relax for a minute. But anyway, so they're checking me in and they're like, so I just have to go through this scale with you. Um, would you say that you are still able to find joy in things as much as you ever have been? And I was like, <laughs> I start. I was like, um, yeah. They were like, one, one means most of the time. Two means some it, of the yeah. time. And I remember telling this very sweet nurse, I was like, we are gay, and you're saying numbers, and this feels like math. Like I was like, I was really trying to charm everybody. Mm-hmm. You were doing um, a great job. Of yeah, because I I feel strongly about like, hey, like you know, trying to personalize your healthcare of like, yes, we are, we're new here. You haven't met us. I know many of you have been working long hours. Like my name is Grace. This is Lizzie. We're expecting our first child. The numbers are really stressing us out because we are gay and we can't do math. Like I, I remember also- saying that and I was like, and she seems to, you know, right now is not a great time to ask Lizzie if she can see the brighter things in life when it probably feels uh, like there's like a lot of knives and I don't really know what contractions it's just feel really like. Pressure? like- yeah, it's it kind of just feels like you're in like you're, you know, the area where you have period cramps. It's like ripping open almost and like kind of self-combusting from the inside almost. That I don't know. Sounds really brutal. Yeah. It it's it was pretty brutal. But the contractions are not the worst part. We'll get to the worst part. I also I should have prefaced this from the beginning. I would say this is an overall positive birth story. So if you are expecting or want to give birth one day, um, I don't think that this story will like put you off to it. And everything turned out great. Should we pause? I'm trying to see. We have a new producer. 
She has some things to say. She has a few opinions on her birth story. Here, let me just set this down for a second. Okay. Don't be a stranger. I want your bad Yeah, it's overall a positive birth story. There's no um, like nothing really traumatic happened or anything. So I think there are I'm going to talk about it being hard. It was hard. I don't think anyone's like childbirth is so easy. Well, maybe some people, but not me. Um, Not me. It's hard. Um, But I I mean, it was amazing experience. And I don't think that listening to this will be negative for you if you are interested in this topic. Okay, with that said, the anesthesiologist came talk to us. He was like, do you want an epidural? I was like, I don't know, basically, which is what I had said throughout this whole process of getting ready to give birth is I was like, I mean, it's if birth could be easy and not have to get anesthesia and by anesthesia, I don't mean putting to sleep. I mean, an epidural, which um, is like a local anesthetic from basically the waist down, I guess, like you don't feel your contractions really. Um, so I was like, you know, in a perfect world, I wouldn't get an epidural because I feel like, you know, less medical intervention is great. But I was in some intense sensations at this point. So anyway, he was like, do you want an epidural? I was like, I don't know. Basically, like in a perfect world, maybe no, but I'm definitely open to it as things progress more. And he was super, I really liked him. He was great. I liked him a lot too. And so he kind of like had me sign the consent form for it so that if I wanted one, I could quickly get one, which ended up being good because I did end up getting one. As soon as our doula arrived, so we'd called her, I think when we arrived to the hospital, like we're at the hospital now, come join us whenever. She joined us and I think she kind of had done a once over on how you were doing. Mm -hmm. And she took me aside and she was like, I think it's time epidural yeah which is interesting because i later once i got the epidural was i was i was like are you disappointed in me for getting one because a lot of doulas you think that they're like you know really holistic and crunchy and they don't really believe in that kind of thing ours wasn't like that at all and she had evaluated she didn't say it directly to me but she did say it to grace as i later learned that like she thought it would be good for me to get one because i was pretty far along in a lot of pain but still had a ways to go and i hadn't slept all night yes i think she I really love Ardula, and I think that she was evaluating that you needed to rest yeah. and that you hadn't slept. And I think she does have a very holistic, and I think just like there's a level of sort of patience and calm that she brought to the delivery room. Mm-hmm. And I think instilled in both of us a, a level of confidence Yes, in our ability to bring a child into the world. Cause I think that mm-hmm. you're in, I mean, I'd never been in that environment before. So it's really easy to be intimidated and to hear that 
you know, you need XYZ, you absolutely need XYZ thing right now, or else the labor will not go off smoothly. And I think what I learned from her is it's okay to pause or it's okay to ask for clarification. It's okay to ask to speak to the attending doctor. I think that was my favorite thing about having her presence was helping me stay present and not just be when someone would say something immediately be overwhelmed and just go along with whatever everyone was sort of saying or not ask any questions. Mm -hmm. Um, So she took me aside and said, it's time for an epidural. Yeah. So I'm still having very regular contractions, like every couple minutes apart. And they're extremely intense, like the most intense physical sensation I've ever had in my life. And I'm like in a trance, basically trying to focus on just getting through this. And so I'm barely aware of like what's going on. But eventually I'm like, yeah, I think I do want an epidural because then I can sleep. And I was exhausted. I mean, I hadn't slept since the previous night. It's like five in the morning at this point. I had, My water had broken at like 7 p.m. the night before. And I hadn't slept since the night before that. So, yeah, I'm exhausted. It's very intense. So I got an epidural. Um, That was easy. It was totally painless and like easy to put in. I that was something I was worried about. So for me, it's different for everyone, but for me it was not a bad experience of getting it put in at all. I've so, heard people say that it's like they don't like it, but it was fine for me. Another layer of being proud of you and being just like so inspired by you was that everyone in the room was like that was the fastest we've ever put in an epidural. Yeah, they Do you remember that? that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz I can't sometimes I I feel like I can remember a lot. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how much you can remember because I know you were also in incredible physical duress. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that point, I was feeling great. Yeah. I um was kind of on a high. It's not like I felt high from the medicine. I felt like completely lucid. But just to feel relief for the first time in like almost 12 hours and feeling like I could sleep was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. So, yeah, I went to sleep for a bit. Um, So this was like super early in the morning. I ended up kind of like chilling until you know midday afternoon like it the downside of the epidural is it slowed down my contractions a lot and I think that's normal like I think that's expected um so I had been making tons of progress like I said I was at seven centimeters basically when we got to the hospital and then I slowed down a lot with epidural but I got to sleep we got to hang out I got to eat some people say you shouldn't eat during labor um I had listened to a bunch of like podcast on it. Evidence-based birth is a great resource. And for me, I made the choice that I did want to eat during labor. And I'm really glad I did because I needed the sustenance. And so I, you know, had snacks. We all hung out. My doula is amazing. She was like massaging my feet and just like helping me relax. Grace and I both slept on and off. And I like caught up on my text. I was like texting friends and telling them what was going on. It was like really nice. That was like the best part of the day other than Francis actually being born was just chilling. Like we all hung out. The nurses would come in and like kind of gab with us and just Mm -hmm. hang. It was like it was nice. But I wasn't making a lot of progress on dilating more. And so after like several hours, I had only dilated one more centimeter. So I was like at eight centimeters and that was kind of discouraging so I was like okay I still have a couple to go and we're not really making a ton of progress so around that time and I'll keep this part brief but they started really pushing Pitocin on me which Pitocin is a drug that can make can speed up your contractions and basically like speed up labor and I knew the reason that they wanted to do that is because they wanted to um 
you know, keep me. They wanted to get me out of there. Basically, they were like, you, we, you're ha- hogging a room. You're hogging a room. <laughs> and, you know, we need to keep this moving along. It hadn't been like hour. It hadn't been like 24 hours, but it had been maybe like 10 hours that I'd been in there. Mm-hmm. Um, And so anyway, they're like, we we think you need Pitocin. You're not really progressing. I did not want to get Pitocin because I didn't want for many reasons. I was worried that it could stress out the baby, which can happen. And then basically, like, I was scared of what they call, like, the cascading medical interventions that can happen. So, like, an example scenario is, like, you get Pitocin. That kind of puts your body into overdrive. You start having, like, major contractions. The baby starts getting really stressed out. The baby's heart rate goes up, and you end up having a C-section or something like that. And nothing – C-sections are life-saving medicine i mean i'm not saying like i would never want to get a c-section but after being in labor for like 12 hours and then you end up in a c-section it's just so hard on the body c-sections are really hard recoveries and so of course like i wanted to avoid that so our doula was very um encouraging of me to just like keep trying different things do different positions we were doing different methods that you can use to to um spur labor to keep going and i had a nurse at one point come in and be like I've been watching your contractions on the monitor. You are not going to get to 10 centimeters. You need Pitocin and you need it now. Okay, but here's the... This is going to sound... No, I'm not even going to say... I Well, maybe. What? It's going to sound conspiratorial. We had amazing nurses at UCLA. We we did. And I would actually include all, all of the nurses, this nurse as well. But I definitely got a little bit of a sense of them being annoyed with us having a doula. Mm-hmm. And... um. I understand. Yeah. I, th- I really can see all sides of this. Yeah. But um, I, when our doula went to the bathroom, yeah, that's left when the they, room. That's, that's when, they when came the in. nurse came in and was like really pushing Pitocin. Was like, you will not go into, or you will not. You. She was like, you will not get there without Pitocin. Without Pitocin, which was yeah. Really and, hard and I just to remember hear. in my brain, I was like, I just know that you waited until our doula was out of the room because what our doula had been helping us with is just saying, thank you for that information. We're gonna talk it over. We're not going to come to that conclusion right now or some, you know, just specifically with that boundary that we had. Yeah. That we we were being pretty strong about that. Mm -hmm. And I just remember kind of rolling. I mean, like, this is so obvious. I know you, you came in here right when she went to the bathroom. I know. Yeah. So that stressed me out a lot. And I that was like a very low moment for me of the day. I started crying when once Ardula came back in and the nurse was gone. I'm like crying because I feel this conflict, kind of a conflict between like Western and holistic medicine in a lot of ways of like, well, a medical professional is saying you need this medicine or else like I don't know what you're just gonna stall out and never have the baby like obviously I'm not gonna never have the baby but it's scary I mean I've never done this and like it's birth is intense and you just don't know what's gonna happen so I'm I'm very distressed at this point but my doula was so incredible and was just like let's just give it till this amount of time and then let's um let's just keep trying different things yeah and so long story short, a couple hours later, they come in and check me and I'm at 10 centimeters. Yeah. So basically when when there was that you must take Pitocin or else you will not get there, 
that is when you and Ardula kind of went into overdrive of like, all right, let's move the body. Let's like yeah. get in different positions. Let's see what we can do. And then we had mm-hmm. said if because it, there are health concerns like we are not we are we are pro met pro medicine. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I mean, that's pro, why I'm, get, I'm, you know, had a hospital birth. I wasn't sure. interested in a home birth. But I think that just sort of finding our own footing in what is a very prescriptive uh birthing culture of like this is what everyone does and the truth is is that like every labor story is different and so every person that goes into labor should be treated differently and um you worked the body got to 10 centimeters dilated but had that not happened we had said that we'd set like a cutoff time for when we would use pitocin we just weren't it was just so soon it was like we we weren't even there for 24 hours yeah and my doula kept reminding me that like the average first time labor for for a first time person who has never given birth before is around 24 hours from like the onset of anything like your first contractions or water breaking till the baby coming out it can be like 24 hours so she was like you're not even close to 24 hours yet like let's let's just try some different things like there's no reason to jump to this conclusion and she was totally right I did the nurse was wrong I did I did get to 10 centimeters without Pitocin and I was really glad I did well there's also no schedule I think that's the other thing of like there's not let the baby come when it is time so long as the labor is safe yes and you know what i I think that just that there's no like the baby's gonna be late i'm like for what it's her birthday she can decide when it is like if it's two if there's a two-hour window in there and there's stuff that lizzie's doing to help work the baby down then let's let's do that there's no she doesn't have to make an appointment Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so Anyway, I um, got to 10 centimeters, which means like it's time to push. But then I still wanted to wait a little bit because the baby was still high up. So there's something called like stations. So zero station, I think, means like the baby's sort of like head is engaged with the cervix. I'm pretty sure a one is like they're starting to go into like the birth canal. Two is like they're in the birth canal. And three is like they're kind of popping out. And then like a negative one is like they're still above the cervix and so on. So the baby was like at a one. So the baby was like down in there, um, but still not like about to pop out. So I was like, let me just kind of wait. Um, I had my epidural you know, still, so none of this had been like terribly painful because I have an epidural during this whole time. So I can feel contractions happening, but it's just like pressure without the pain. Um, But the contractions were farther apart. They were like five, six, seven minutes apart, whereas they had been like two and they weren't really super strong contractions. They could tell on the monitor. So anyway, I get to 10 though. And we decided to just like hang out a little bit longer. Did you say that contractions were five or six seconds apart? You meant minutes, Minutes, right? Did I say seconds? Yeah. I was going to be like, what? That's (laughs) crazy. You were reeling. Okay. Five (laughs) or six minutes apart. Yeah. Go on. I meant minutes. Um, So yes, they were happening, but like not super strong. So anyway, I'm chilling out. We maybe hung out for like an hour after I got to 10 centimeters. And then we were like, let's just start doing some practice pushes. Pushing is so weird. Like, let me just say, it's just such a, in my mind, I'm like, push what? Like, I can't really feel the baby. Like, I don't know. I was just like strange. I'm like, I don't really know what to do. I really did not like the pushing part. I will just be honest with you, not to scare anyone. It was all fine, but I just didn't like it. Whereas contractions, your body's kind of like doing what it's doing. And then with pushing, you're like, I have to like more, I have to go into manual drive basically. And like by this time, we also had a new nurse. I think there'd been like a shift change Mm -hmm. and she was the one who was guiding us with, is it Jalaika? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We got a great nurse at the end. I think the best 
nurse for coaching yes at this stage i was so thankful for her and her energy mm-hmm. um and i think that she was the one that was like let's just do practice pushes yeah i i just felt like i could see the psychology behind yeah. it and it was beautiful yeah that helps me be like okay we're just it's just practicing. a practice it's not yeah. we're not no one's really pushing like so, you're definitely not going to really give birth but what would happen if you tried yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i start doing some pushes we did different positions we had a squat bar which is where you can kind of like hang down and like open your legs and like use gravity i actually didn't like that so much i thought that sounded great but in the real thing i was like no i don't really like that we tried it we did different things we eventually found one that a position that worked well which was like grace was like pushing one of my legs back and then the nurse was pushing the other one back and i'm like um doing like swimmer breaths like breathing in and taking a deep breath in and then holding it for 10 seconds while pushing and you know we're doing that and they and at one point anyway it's hard it's hard and it starts to become so around this time it starts to really hurt like my contraction so you push with your contractions i didn't necessarily know that before i started looking into birth and reading up on it but you when you feel a contraction coming on you push while the contraction is happening which makes sense like your body's pushing squeezing out and you're pushing out this is the genius behind it it was like let's Mm -hmm. do a practice push okay how did that feel let's try this next practice one with a contraction yeah which is effectively pushing yeah i just love that she like helped us get there without very gently she was great she was easing me into it our doula was amazing everyone and grace is amazing i mean everyone i felt so that room was awesome yeah the room we were listening to whitney houston yes um we had grace was djing we had great vibes going with the music anyway i but it starts to get really painful right around now. Like it's back to, you know, as painful as it had been when I came in. Plus I'm feeling this immense pressure in the, um, you know, region where the baby emerges from. And it's, it's extremely painful. I would say like nine, 10 on the pain scale. And so I'm pushing, but I'm like starting to get, I'm like kind of like starting to hyperventilate and like cry in between and like give up halfway Mm -hmm. through a push because I'm like, holy shit, like this is so painful. Yeah. Again, not to scare anyone, positive experience. The baby came out, she was healthy and great, but it was painful. It really, really hurt. So I'm like, really, like this is really intense. So we're pushing around this time. um, My doula also tells me your baby has hair, which was like amazing to hear. Obviously, it didn't matter if the baby had hair or not, but it, she's signaling to me. I can see your baby's head like yes. up there because they're with a flashlight. Also, having given birth, I am like, I have no modesty anymore. Like it was, I would have thought that I would feel so self-conscious about people with a flashlight down there, like looking up. I didn't care. I could not have cared less. <laughs> I was like, give me the info. I obviously can't see it. So tell me. Was and- it motivating? Yeah, her saying your baby has hair was so motivating. I was like, it's real. Like, oh my gosh, the baby is coming out. But it's, yeah, so it's around this time. It's very intense. I start to be kind of like, I really don't know if I can do this type thing. So this cracked me up only just because I I love you so much and I knew that we were going to get through this, but I just felt like I was so hyper present during this stage in our birth story, which is that uh, we had you 
pushing for 10 seconds and Sherry had said in my ear, you need to count slower. And you would bail once we got to eight every, every single time. And it would get so close. Like you could see Francis's hair and, mm-hmm. and then you would just give up. And so we were like, all right, let's just do it to five seconds. Just push as much well, as you can for five. Is, I like snapped at Grace too, because I was like, Grace, you're counting so slow. I'm and like, they had told me I, I was following instructions. I didn't know that our doula had told Grace to count slowly. Yes. I was like, you're counting way too slow. This yeah. is too hard. So then so then we said we were just going to have you push for five seconds. Yeah, that helped. And that did help. But the thing that cracked me up is there was one, I think it was maybe before we pushed to five seconds, but when we were just doing it to 10 seconds and you got to, you did as much as you could, but you, you couldn't go the whole time. And you looked around at me, Sherry and Jalika, and you were like, I actually, I don't really think I can do that. Like you were like very kind of a uh, coherent <laughs> after having this really painful push. And you were like, Oh, like, I don't think I can, unfortunately. Like, I just, I can't do this. And and we were, I had to hold in a laugh because I was like, lady, you're having this baby. Like, <laughs> what do you think you're going to do? Just like suck it in? Like, you were just trying to be so, I could see your very literal brain being like, unfortunately, like, this is so painful. So I think we just scrap it and let's go home. Like, I, I was, was literally like, like, I can't do this. Like, and not, not in a like screaming, crying, like I can't no. do it. I was like very coherently, like in between contractions when I wasn't in that much pain, but I still wasn't a lot of pain. I would almost like feel guilty that I had to tell you guys this. Yes. But I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is so hard. You were oddly reasonable about something that felt so absurd. You were like, yeah, I can't. I am trying and I, I can't actually do any more. So what do we think? And I was like, buckle up because you got another one coming. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm pushing the baby out. And right around this time, Jalika, our amazing labor and delivery nurse, um, is like looking at my back and she's like, <laughs> Um, so I just noticed that your epidural has snapped off and is not connected to your, you're not getting it. You don't have an epidural right now. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because I'm in the worst, most excruciating pain of my life. Well, because weren't you, weren't you thinking to yourself, like, if this is labor yes. with an epidural, like, like, what the hell is the opposite? Yes. I was like, how are people not blacking out from the pain? Like, this is labor with an epidural. Like, what? How? How could someone do this without one? Like, how? Because And come to find out, I was doing it without one. <laughs> so I did not have an epidural at the end um, at all. So I felt everything, um, which I guess was kind of cool to, like, really feel my daughter come out of me, like, fully. And um, I did get ripped open a little bit there, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I felt every, every inch of that. Um, yeah. yeah. And I saw all of it i was mm-hmm. on so you know how sometimes they ask for partners to stay on like either one side of the curtain or there wasn't a curtain not but the curtain but they, they put like a sheet down over your legs they put a sheet down yeah over my legs yeah oh like to so that you can't see basically your lat latter half oh i don't at this point i was i mean i was in another because well, okay so i guess we should the big finale you yeah, did so, push yeah, so in the end, they were like, you're so close, you're so close. So basically, and then I knew that she was almost here because all the team came in. So it had just been doula, Grace, and labor and delivery nurse. Then all the doctors come in, like doctors, other team. They get the big lights out. They get the baby warmer set up in the corner. Party. Yeah, party is happening. And you're like, okay, like this is... It is a birthday party. Yeah, this is like about to really happen. And that, I was kind of like... 
I feel like I can't do this, but I know that I, it's going to happen. And it was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so painful that I really was like, why did I want to have a child? Like really genuinely, not like hyperbolic, like really like, what was I thinking? Like this, nothing can be worth this pain. <laughs> and I was wrong once I met Francis, but yeah, it it was very <laughs> intense. And again, like not to scare you, I, I did it without an epidural. I had an epidural for a few hours in between <laughs> contractions, but I got to seven centimeters, no epidural. And I gave birth, pushed her out without an epidural. So <laughs> Um, if you want to have a less painful experience, there are going to be other options for you. It just turned out that way for me. Um, so anyway, they come in and then I did like one big last push. And once her head is out, the rest of her like literally slithered out. Yeah. She's just like a little lizard. Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of, I, I watched, that's the craziest thing is like, Grace I saw it all. have seen a life be born into the world. I know that's so cool. I've never seen it. Like from there, I've the very first moment of her life. Yeah, I saw that's her. So cool. It was beautiful. It was absolutely incredible. And then there's the fear because they're like, we just want her to cry a little bit more. And um, I don't. I mean, we're still getting to know her, but she is not a huge crier. No, knock on wood. So I mean, she can do whatever she wants. She, if she cries, yeah, she it could change. Cry, then we'll. Love Thus her, far, but. she's not been a huge crier, and no. when they put her on Lizzie's chest. Um, she was vocalizing, yeah, she but was she wasn't like, a huge crier and they wanted to see her like cry more. Yeah. She wasn't like wailing, crying. And that was, then I was, that's when the first parental fear set in, which I'm sure is a feeling I will have with me throughout my whole life. But she was on. fine. She was fine. And but so, I'm just saying that was the first time I felt that of, of people checking up on her. Like, we just mm-hmm. want to make sure she cries more. And I'm like, come on, Francis, cry. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So at this point, we don't have a name. We don't know if she's a boy or a girl. It actually took me a minute to be like, wait, is it a boy or a girl? And they were like, it's a girl. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. And yeah, it was just like we both cried. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was totally surreal. Like, I cannot believe this baby was in me like moments before. It was just unbelievable. Someone hands me scissors. Yeah. For the umbilical cord. cord. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. I won't do it if we have another child. Okay, you don't have to. It feels like cutting a Twizzler that bleeds. Ew. It does. And I don't... It's just like there's little things where I am a very sentimental person, but I think I'm now very clear on what I actually find sentimental. And there are certain things that are sort of symbolic in our culture. I Mm -hmm. mean, maybe I would. Because I'd feel bad if I did it for Francis and I wouldn't (laughs) do it for another child. But we have a bunch of time before that would even come into question. Well, at this point... I am at this point in the story, I am like, there is no more children happening because that was so incredibly painful. Like it was so it was like stunningly painful. Like you just you it like takes your breath. Like you, I was laying there in shock. Like, I can't believe I just endured that. Um, and and what? so this is how we got on this subject about the sheet. They Francis comes out, mm-hmm. slithers out mm-hmm. like a little lizard placed on your chest. We're crying. We're having this beautiful moment. But then all the doctors are rushing around because they need to sort you. Because I hemorrhaged. Um, and not to scare you again, it was fine. I've Before this, if you were like, oh, maternal hemorrhage, I would have been like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. You're bleeding out. That did happen to me, but it wasn't that bad. I don't know any different. I didn't even, they, I wouldn't have known if they didn't tell me. And so, yeah, I bled a ton. They gave me some shots and they gave me a shot in my leg. I, they put something in my IV to help stop the bleeding. If you can imagine like a fence 
and that's the sheet. And on the left side of the fence is Lizzie and our sweet, beautiful daughter having their first bonding moments. And I'm sort of straddling this fence. And then on the other side of the fence is what looks like a crime scene. Um, I was on, I was living in both worlds wanting to make sure that Lizzie was being well taken care of. Occasionally you would be like, ow, like while they were working. Yeah. Oh, I was, that's the thing. I like felt bad because I was like kind of yelling when Francis is like on my chest, but I was in so much pain still because I still didn't really have an epidural. They had tried to like set it back in, but it hadn't really had time to work. And so, so much blood. Yeah. So much blood. Like, I don't even know how to tell you it how much I don't I'm I think it's very fortunate that you didn't see I didn't see anything I had no idea yeah which is they did their jobs beautifully in mm-hmm. that regard but um uh, ooh, I just now I'm just remembering how much blood that's crazy it's wow. so much it's, it's so much it's weird to think about um I also did tear which is super common for first time I read somewhere that like up to nine and ten um first births involve some type some degree of tear i don't know if it's that high but it's certainly extremely common and so yes i did tear it wasn't terrible it was like a second degree which there's up to four degrees um of tear of thirds first second third and fourth degree tears i had a second degree and uh i had to get stitched up which still kind of sucks i'm like you know over a week out postpartum and I have been too afraid to really explore that. Um, I just let it heal. I don't, I try to just not question it, splash (laughs) some water up there and I have not really, I'm scared. Um, I told Grace the first time I took a shower, I kind of did like a swipe of the area, you know, like with some soap and, you know, my hand. And I told Grace, it felt like I was touching something from the last of us. (laughs) Um, I could not believe the textures. Yeah. Um, Well, so lady, I think mm -hmm. it is incredible what your body did. And I'm so thankful that it brought Francis into the world. I think that we should probably compartmentalize our parenting episodes yeah or like our because i think that this should be like the birth story so because then we'll get into all the amazing things that we've learned about being parents but we've only been parents for not a long time so maybe we'll learn a bit more and come at you with some hot takes on on the next episode about how to start a family vlog channel i'm really excited about that (laughs) grace is kidding for those who don't know (laughs) i'm gonna make her do dances with me Things start to get really foggy for me around this time, yes. which makes sense given everything. Um, so I don't remember that. I remember holding her. I remember finding out she was a girl. I don't think we decided on a name until later when we were in the postpartum delivery room or the postpartum recovery room. I mean, because they move you and the postpartum room is a bit nicer. We got separated. Yeah. But I don't think you remember this. You were separated from me. They kind of wheeled you out. Once you were stitched up and then I, they were like, do you want to stay with Francis? Cause she had to get some shots. And, um, so I stayed with Francis. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did. I'm so happy I did. I saw the very first tear form in her eye because of one of the shots. Yeah. She had but to get then, the vitamin K shot, but then she was okay. And then they wheeled her 
in these like rolling bins <laughs> down the postpartum hallway. And I was like running behind the nurse with my bags and our bags and everything that we needed to spend the night, a mm-hmm. few nights in the hospital. And oh yeah, we haven't even gotten into the NICU. So I think that's for, this is already an hour long. Yeah. We'll come back there. This will be an in installments. Yeah. The, what a suspenseful thing. The NICU. We did have to go to the NICU. But at first we were just sent to postpartum and everything was fine. We didn't know what was yet to come. See, that's how you do it. We're yeah. farming her for content already. <laughs> we didn't know. What would they, the 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 thumbnails where that'll be like a harrowing discovery? No, that's, yeah. they wouldn't use harrowing. I just know that the LeBrant's family like had a photo of them in an ambu- in an ambulance with one of their kids, yeah. and it was like we thought he was gonna die. I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Why is that a thumbnail? The child is mercifully fine. Their yeah. kids are fine, but I just I saw some like react person talking about how they had like a thumbnail of them sitting in an ambulance with their son i remember that yeah no this is not that type of story everything is great francis has been sleeping with one little interruption where she wanted to be soothed um she's been sleeping throughout this whole recording she's doing so well i mean she's just literally the best like i'm obsessed with her i feel like i don't there could be another episode where we talk more about my thoughts on like what it feels like to be a mom but she i'm so in love i mean i can't even it's we're already at an hour i can't even i know we got okay so that's the birth story that's the first part of our birth story but as you'll find out next week we were sent into a real tailspin we were actually we were i mean it's all fine now she's completely fine there's like nothing lingering with her health um but we'll talk about what happened we'll talk about what happened (laughs) oh on the next episode <laughs> it's not that exciting like it is okay our harrowing journey <laughs> no, everyone's fine but we will share why we went to the NICU and what happened on the very next episode of under, under our roof, roof.